You're listening to Syntax, the podcast with the tastiest web development treats out there. Strap yourself in and get ready. Here is Scott Talinsky and Wes Boss. Okay! Welcome to... Welcome to Syntax. Uh, this is the show where we talk about tasty treats and web development. And uh, with me is Scott Talinsky. Hi, Scott. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? That's good. I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Today, we're going to talk about... Um, what are we going to talk about? This is going to be like the... We call this the totally not coding show, where we're just going to talk about ourselves and, and things that's going on in our life and some hobbies that we have. So we're kind of going to break it down into... Um, different hobbies that we have and sort of explain like why we're into them. Um, different YouTube channels we watch. I always find that interesting to see like what do what non-coding things you actually watch online um, and uh, what are you working on personally right now? So like wh- what are you sort of trying to tackle and, and improve in our life? So break it down into those three things and maybe we'll get some some nice nice content out of that. Cheap, cheap, cheap. We've got this uh, super... Cheap, cheap. We got this uh, soundboard. Um, sorry to those fifteen percent of you who hate it. We'll try to tone it down a little bit, but uh, we got some nice new sounds on it, which is <laughs> I was pretty excited about. We had a hard time uh, starting this podcast because we were just playing with the soundboard too much. <laughs> Blazing. All right, um, we'll stop fooling around now. This episode <laughs> is sponsored by FreshBooks. FreshBooks is cloud accounting software, uh, especially as tax time is coming up. It's going to be uh, something that you need to be able to, to run your business and to manage your incoming money and your outgoing expenses and all that good stuff. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about them partway through the show. So let's uh, let's uh, kick it off. I guess we'll uh, chat with Scott about, we'll talk about, I don't know, we'll go back and forth between different hobbies that we might have. And uh, we both have a couple different non-coding hobbies. And uh, let's hear from Scott what yours is, the first one. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess probably the biggest hobby I've had in my uh, recent life would be uh, dancing. So uh, if you don't know, if you haven't heard from any of these episodes, I've been uh, a break dancer for a long time, a b-boy for those in the know. Uh, But this is like, basically something I've been doing since high school. Uh, I, I saw like a music video was the crystal methods name of the game music video where it was like a guy with a giant nose uh, break dancing. And I was just like, ah, this is just really cool. I, I have to learn this. So I started basically uh, sneaking into the dance building at the University of Michigan because there was a, a club that taught breakdancing at the University of Michigan, even though I was in high school. Uh, so I didn't have access to the, the recreation building so that I couldn't get in, right? So they do this thing where, um, where the, somebody would distract the guy at the door, uh, somebody else would pop open the exit door, and then <laughs> I would run in the exit door, and then we'd all run down the stairs really quickly because the guy at the... Uh, security counter couldn't catch us he couldn't leave his post so that's how i would sneak into this place um (laughs) week after week these guys didn't even know me and uh they decided that like they wanted to just help me sneak into this place you know for for fun so uh, so that's how i started picking it up and i just started going to practice there eventually went to school and uh became part of the club eventually became the president of the club and uh, uh just was been breaking forever and ever and ever and ever and at first it was just like hey this is cool i want to learn some cool tricks i want to do some cool stuff i wasn't a good dancer at all i'm a terrible dancer uh and even for a long time in in the scheme of things i've been a terrible dancer it was never like my role uh usually you enter like a competition which are called battles which is like a bracket, right? Usually 
maybe like 50 teams enter uh, and then they'll break it into like a top 16 and then it'll just be like a straight bracket. You go and you face the the one one crew and then you go all the way to the finals and uh, the winner of that wins some sort of prize or trophy or whatever. So uh, my role in the group was always to be the guy that came out and did the spins, right? So yeah. uh, that was like my, my thing was maybe the more of the gymnastic stuff. So we had a guy that was like our flavor guy. He would come out and just do uh, some some fresh poses and stuff like that. He was like a good dancer. Is that uh, where you like kind of like I'm, I'm, I'm coming at this from like seeing a couple movies. Is that where you kind of go on your head and you put your you put your legs in weird situations and you hold it there for a bit no this this guy is like he's more like uh he comes out and he's he's dancing really like he's he's like a really good dancer uh and he's more or less like posing but like uh not upside down <laughs> we, we have another guy who's like this uh really strong dude and his sort of role was to be the guy who did the upside down freezes and poses. Okay, so that's yeah. not flavor then. So flavor no. is just, just so posing with your feet on the ground? Flavor's more like style. Uh, okay. Some people like would say it's like, uh, I don't know, you're, 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 it's just like, it's hard to express because breaking is so interesting. There, there's so many different uh, capacities in it. There's this whole, the musical, there's, there's the whole... Uh, flavor component where you have to be uh flavor just, yeah yeah you have to be like you have to have style it yeah. is the best sort of way to describe it so there's the style component the musicality component then there's also the acrobatic component and the gymnastic stuff and then there's um the uh the uh, creativity involved and then there's the uh strength component and stuff like mm -hmm. that so we had guys who would do all these different things and it was primarily my role to come out and just to start doing like some of the crazier spins and stuff like that so that's always been been my role until recently and i got a concussion in 2012 from breaking uh throwing some some tough stuff on a uh some, some tile floor i should not Ooh. have been throwing tough stuff on got a little bit of head bounceage it was uh not so good and uh since then i've been i've been focusing more on the just having fun and working on the musicality and and that sort of thing so so my my career in dance now is is like just purely to go out there and dance and have fun uh, and just to experience the music, more artistic side of things. Uh, so I've been breaking a really long time, right? So we, we've, uh, you can find various clips of me on YouTube and stuff like that. Uh, some notable performances, I guess you could say, is that we did a halftime show for the, the Lions Thanksgiving halftime show. At the show. Super Bowl? No, not the Super Bowl. <laughs> the, uh, just the Thanksgiving Day thing. It was, uh, I forget who it was. We backed up some pop star, but we didn't even, we didn't really. Was it Justin him. Timberlake? <laughs> it was not Justin Timberlake. <laughs> okay. You're sure? Yes. Okay. <laughs> He was, he was like he was like a one-hit wonder guy. I forget who it was, but Shaggy uh, maybe. Do you remember Shaggy? Or yeah, was he's that? back. He's back. Shaggy's back. Shaggy's you from Toronto. This? No, you didn't, you didn't bring this up, knowing that he's back. No, I didn't. I just kind of oh. thinking of the old days when Shaggy was the the thing. Dude, he's got a he's got a new hit with Sting. There's a Shaggy and Sting song. Oh boy! I, uh, shit, you not. It is actually really good. I'm very uh, confused. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm very confused. Me too. <laughs> but yeah, that's so, pretty neat. Yeah, I just did halftime shows for the Pistons and stuff like that. We did, we did traveled all around the the U.S. Uh, entering competitions, and uh, you know, I have a, a a giant check in my office that I won from one of those competitions. It really? was a, a dream of mine to win a giant check. So uh, that's check. amazing. Yeah, that's a, a life. Did you have you ever like just like met somebody in the streets and instead of fighting, you just broke? 
it is that a thing you you do broke against somebody or do you break against you, somebody? you break against somebody okay no, I, I, I can't say that hasn't happened but it, it hasn't <laughs> happened in like the regard that you're probably thinking i think it would be probably that you like knew somebody like it, it you're is fighting over a girl and like the way that you decide it, it it's actually like way more accurate than you you want to believe here it's it's because <laughs> because the people the the dance culture it's so like anti uh fighting and, yeah. and there there are fights that happen but like i've seen situations and in, in things where people are getting up in each other's faces and they're like mean mugging and getting up really close and like just super aggressive and you're like Oh shit! A fight's about to break out, and then two seconds later, they're like, "Let's let's dance it off, man!" And like, <laughs> that's how it happens. It, it's actually it's a hundred percent serious, and like everyone is like, I've seen like close to uh, bows being thrown, uh, wow. danced it out instead. I actually have seen that's a that's the difference between uh, Chicago uh, breakdancing battles and other areas. As in Chicago, they will fight you, so do not like push it. I've seen like someone get headbutted before, and just like all around madness. So uh, Chicago's a bit rough. Wow, that's that's a very interesting uh, subculture or area of life that I've never had any experience in. It's kind of cool to hear how how things go down. Yeah, it's cool, and it's getting a little bit more and more uh, um, put together every single year. I would love to see it a little bit more. Like, I mean, so to be honest, there's this under whole underground side of things where you don't want to delude the culture. You want it to be very raw. You want it to be very rough. You want it to be, like, very aggressive. And then there's, yeah. like, the commercial side of things. Like, hey, this could be in the Olympics, and this could be on the X Games or whatever if people, like, really took it seriously in that kind of way. But the problem is, is that, like, no one wants to dilute the culture at the same time. Like, it, it, I don't know. The, the right people need to do it, and it's sort of happening right now. But at the end of the day, uh, B-Boys will be B-Boys, and everyone will be uh, late to everything, and jams won't run on time. And uh, there, there's, like, a certain aspect of the culture that needs to, like, grow up before it oh, can yeah. take that next step. And it just, it, it's just not happening. That's interesting. Cool. Yeah. Let's hear, uh, let's hear about right. one of your hobbies. So probably my, one of my most treasured hobbies, um, is, uh, is barbecue. And I've only gotten into it in maybe the last about four years. I, I've been super into eating barbecue, a large, a large portion of my life. Um, but it, over the last, I think maybe about like five years ago, we, um, I, I've like developed this like love with the South, which is like uh, down South in the States. And my wife and I have traveled down there uh, a number of times. We've gone uh, to all the different big barbecue cities and tried the different types of barbecue that is down there. Um, my wife and I are also super into uh, yard sailing, which is just walking through other people's junk and, and, and haggling. I love the whole haggling part of it and, and whatnot. And so we went on this a couple of years ago, we went on this thing called the world's longest yard sale, which is Ooh. there's, there's this highway called um, highway 127, I believe it is. And uh, it's just like a week long from, I think from Georgia up to Michigan, this highway snakes through and, and it's like an old obsolete highway. It's been obsoleted by bigger highways. Um, and it just goes through all these tiny little towns and you do, we basically just, like in January, it's in like August or something like that. In January, we book hotel rooms in these tiny little towns. And then we just like drive up this highway, uh, yard sale on our way through all these different antique vendors and, and just like random people selling their stuff on the side of the road. Wow. So part, part of that was like, I really got experience some of like this, like real 
just people have a huge smoker on their front yard or uh, people, I don't know, selling ribs mm. out of a church parking lot or something like that. And I really got to experience the like whole barbecue culture. Like there's, I've also been to like um, just outside of Austin, there's this place called Salt Lake, which is apparently it's not the best barbecue in the world, but it has the best barbecue experience I've ever had. Uh, it's like outside. Um, it's a dry county. So you have to bring your own beer and there's like you get to sit under these nice little awnings and there's a band playing and like you feel like it's just like a really nice barbecue experience. And I sort of fell in love with both obviously the deliciousness of smoked meats as well as the the barbecue experience that is like it smells great and it's sort of an all-day thing and you just hang around with your family outside and, and whatnot so um when we got our own house about three or four years actually no five years ago we got our own we finally got our own house and i had been renting up until then um and one of the first things that i did when we, when we got our own house is i uh, ordered a smoker uh, which I, I realize sometimes people don't understand what this is. So the idea is that you you buy this thing called a smoker and you put charcoal and wood in it and you uh, you control the temperature and then you put meat on it, whether it's pork or beef or uh, chicken. And then you the, the smoke and the low temperatures will slowly but surely cook the cook the food right and it tastes delicious and it's really good. Um, so I got a uh, what's called a big green egg, which is. Uh, one of the, I don't know, it's, it's one of the like, uh, cult following, uh, barbecues out there. It's super overpriced versus like other stuff that's available out there. But, um, it's amazing cause you can cook pizzas on it. You can do all kinds of smoking on it. It also works as a regular barbecue. Um, and, uh, I just got super involved with it. I, I really like the whole aspect of learning how to do something and then learning how to sort of perfect it by just scouring the internet and reading a lot and watching lots of YouTube. It's a very a similar to how I learn uh, a new coding technique, which is just like, I just sort of immerse myself in that culture and immerse myself in learning all the different things and, and being a sponge to all the information that is out there and then going in and applying it myself. And I've had it now for uh, three or four years now, and I'm starting to get pretty good at it. Um, and it's just it's just a really fun hobby to have because uh, you can you can have friends over and you can make a really nice meal and uh, it's it's like better we don't go out for barbecue now especially in Canada barbecue is not mm. very good uh, we obviously do down south where it's where it's like legit but uh, it's way better <laughs> that having at our house than than at a restaurant nice nice yeah, yeah. I always saw that the green egg whenever you go to Home Depot or something it's got like the the felt felt on the underside like where it closes right yeah yeah and the, the, the the funny thing is about it is like you with anything you people become such gearheads so that like that, yeah. that felt um <laughs> that felt ring around the inside that's a that's just like a a seal to keep the smoke out um but that's widely regarded as garbage amongst gearheads oh, so nice. i of course had to go out Oh, and and you, buy this thing called a Rutland seal. You and got it's an like aftermarket a, it's like seal. A, yeah, aftermarket seal. It's like a Honda <laughs> Civic. You get all these upgrades to it, and you're just like super into all the different like plates and grates and different ways to light your charcoal quickly. And it's I also I kind of love and hate the gear uh that comes along with hobbies because because it's such a simple thing. It's like this caveman thing of smoking meat, but yeah. you can get so into it and it can get so expensive into all these different things it's kind of kind of fun though so are there like are there like uh they're like hobby centers where people are like showing off their customized 
uh, smokers and egg, like where people are like, like, as you know, like mechanical keyboards, right? Yeah. There's like endless amount of sites where people are like, look at my souped it's, up. It's pretty uh, big on uh, mechanical keyboard. Instagram is really where all <laughs> the, the meatheads hang out. The meatheads. Is that, uh, yeah. is that official terminology? <laughs> no, I guess meatheads is, is the guys at the gym, but, uh, there's a pretty big culture of, of barbecue online and that's another thing that'll do is when i'm like getting super into anything uh whether that's smoking or uh into cooking keto or anything like that i would just go on the hashtag on instagram and scroll my night away yeah uh, looking at what other people are are building what other people are smoking different tips that they have and asking questions because there's this whole thing like do you go low and slow or when you when you're cooking something do you do you wrap it or when do you apply the salt? I, I've talked about this earlier. Is that like people get so crazy about these little things that really don't matter all that much. And it, it just reminds me of programming so much because people mm-hmm. say like, oh, I would never wrap a brisket. And other people are like, it's called the Texas crutch where you <laughs> when you because your, your brisket hits like 170 degrees and then you want to you want to like get it up to 200 or your pulled pork. You need to get it up to 200 and you hit this thing called the stall where at a certain point, your meat hits a certain temperature and then it starts expelling water because you've hit this evaporation temperature. Uh, and then the the evaporating water uh, starts to cool down the actual meat. So you stall out at 170 degrees or whatever it is. So uh, a way around that is you can either wait it out or you can wrap it in like a foil or a butcher paper or something like that. And that will contain the contain the actual Thing. And then that that's called the Texas crutch. And then yeah. that, you'll, that'll get you your extra 30 degrees to where it's like falling apart and being nice and juicy. And people are like so divisive on whether you should use the Texas crutch or not. And it's so funny to, to look at it. <laughs> that's hilarious. I love yeah. that though. And that's like part of the coolest thing about the modern like time we live in is that you can like fully immerse yourself in stuff like that. I mean, even like when I started breaking, you couldn't do that. Uh, there was no such thing as any of this stuff. Like when I started dancing, uh, I learned primarily off of uh, flash animation. There was like a website that had a flat, like a maybe like a seven frame per move flash animation of different breaking yeah. moves, right? And like I was like trying to learn these techniques from a like a so it's essentially a stick figure doing them. And like nowadays, uh, nowadays these young kids uh, are all learning off of YouTube and they can just totally immerse themselves in Instagram and YouTube and see all these like world-class uh, b-boys and learn these techniques really easily and all sorts of stuff. It's just amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing I, I to that have that, everything. that amount of access to the best people in the world. Right. Well, let's, uh, let's move on. Let's hear another one of your, uh, your yeah. hobbies there. Yeah. So we'll move it on. Uh, I've been writing, recording music for a long time. And this is something mm-hmm. I've been wanting to get into quite a bit more lately because f- for a very long time, you know, I was playing drums in a band for a long, long time. And uh, I played piano for a long, long time. Uh, and, you know, in college, I just started writing and recording music myself under the name of Domestic Robot was my my band name. Although uh, I have to admit, like my singing is awful. Um, I'm very aware of that. My singing is not any good. I just I've, I had to take a singing class in college, and I nearly flunked the singing class because uh, I have like a one octave range. I can I can go really low, but it's like a yeah. one octave range. And I remember my my singing teacher. He would like sit down with me at the piano, and he'd be like, "You really can't hit this note." I'd be like, 
<laughs> like, no, I can't hit it. No, okay. Uh, so, yeah, my singing is not good. If you're interested in not good singing, check out Domestic Robot. But I, I really liked making music regardless if people liked it or not. So, uh, so I did that for a long time, and I, I just started this new idea um, of a new band here. And by band, I mean a one-person musical thing, mm-hmm. uh, where I want to start doing music at least once a week. And that's sort of the goal is every Sunday night from like six or after after Landon goes down, so maybe like 7.30 or so onwards, to just work on music. And uh, I have this new band named called Shift, period, forward slash, super, period. <laughs> So Shift Super, uh, which is obviously like a keyboard shortcut. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the genre of music is, uh, I, I don't know what it's time to say. It's like electronic music with samples. Uh, you could think of like Kid Koala or Avalanche, Avalanches or something like that. Uh, yeah. Very, very sample heavy. I'm going to be taking a lot of snippets from my favorite documentaries because I watch a, a ton of documentaries so i'm gonna be taking a lot of audio samples from documentaries and essentially using them like similar to how we use the soundboard to actually like uh i don't know sample collages and stuff like that so i i'm I'm really excited about it because i don't have to worry about singing i don't have to worry about writing lyrics i can take these uh ideas and stuff like that and put it down and uh just tweak it a little bit uh so I, i have a song i'm working on right now i'm pretty excited to share it whenever i can so it's not done yet but maybe pretty soon uh, but yeah, Shift Super, and then I have this whole design aesthetic around Shift Super that's uh, I'm calling Ski Wave, which is sort of like a vapor wave style, but based off of 80s ski movies instead uh. of... Yeah, so the, if, if you want to think about this visual art style, all you have to think about is like a full body neon like bodysuit in a skier, like maybe upside down, but like definitely hitting off a cliff doing some like tweaked out pose. Yeah, like that's that's the whole aesthetic that I'm going for overall. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. So I've, I've got a follow-up question that's related. I'm sure a lot of people are asking. Um, obviously, having these these hobbies are super important, I think especially in web development, as it is very easy to become overwhelmed or burnt out or, or anything like that. And I, I was actually thinking about this the other day, um, where I, I think about just being competitive in our industry. And um, I find that there's a lot of people who... They really just aren't putting in the amount of effort that needs to happen in order to get over that hump and get really good at coding. But mm-hmm. then there's also like on the other side, there's this like there's a lot of people that are really maybe overdoing it and and just giving it too much. Um, and that will eventually lead to to burnout. Right. And I'm very aware of burnout uh, with myself because I, I don't want that to ever happen. Um, I know that I have a good thing going right now in, in terms of my work-life balance and um, doing something that I really enjoy. And I want to always make sure that I don't ever get to that burnout point because I see a lot of people do it and they either get extremely cranky and irritable online or uh, they just rage quit and they're done and, and they sort of ruin a really good thing. So I'm always like trying to figure out like where's that sweet spot in between like working super hard but also not burning out and I, I think that these hobbies are, are super important but my question is like like where do you find the time for it I think that you're great at having these you're dancing yeah. and you have a little kid and you're you're making music and that's good but like where do you find the time for that yeah so at this point it's it's largely when Landon goes to sleep uh, mm-hmm. um, so he goes down at like 730 now and even before Landon these things were the same I think the, the biggest point is is making it part of your schedule and making it part of your schedule and keeping it there um, so 
uh, it's hard for me because I've been breaking for maybe like 14 years now. So for 14 years, I've been going to dance practice two, uh, two times. Well, now it's like two times a week. It used to be like three or four times a week. Uh, but even, uh, when I when we were when I was first dating my wife, uh, she was getting her PhD, so like she's really busy all night long. So she's not yeah. expecting me to to hang out. So I can go to dance practice two nights a week, no biggie, right? Um, you know, and even even now, uh, it's just been something I've been doing for so long that going to dance practice for two nights uh, is no big deal. So like having that that schedule and that expectation of like okay Tuesdays and Thursdays from seven thirty to nine thirty. I'm going to go break dance and I'm going to go practice. I'm going to go whatever. And, uh, and, and that's going to be cool. And I, I will have that time available for my wife whenever she needs it as well. Right. So yep. for instance, uh, I work out Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, um, from three 30 to four 30 is when I work out. I do at that time because, uh, Courtney gets home at four 30 with Landon. And, uh, then I watch Landon for an hour while she gets that time to work out. So, oh, yeah. uh, keeping that hard schedule and like making sure that uh, you sort of are freeing up this time to do this stuff, like scheduling in your hobbies is like just as important as, uh, being, I don't know, just being consistent with it, but like actually scheduling it in is, yeah. is the main thing for me. And I think having that, what you said is important. Having that, like understanding with your significant other where you you both understand that you both need it otherwise like you're you're both going to be worn too thin and that's not good for for anyone and it's not good for your your family either right right yeah and it definitely i mean you got to see it that way because especially you're working long and hard on a coding project or something it's really nice to go and do something that lets some of that uh, that tension out, right? Because I, yeah. I I've had tension from you know trying to get something working or whatever, and it, it feels great to go to, to dance practice and just like work it out, let it out, let that you know sweat it out a little bit, and uh, forget about it for a while. When you come back to it, your brain is in a totally different space, and you're ready to tackle stuff, and you're not so uh, high strung on some of these issues that can really pop up and keep you just shoot, what am I supposed to do here, you know? Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, so just making time and scheduling it because it's important. Uh, yeah, that's Good. pretty much it. Cool, thanks for that. I'm Hopefully some people find that, that helpful. I know I get that question all the time where people... I- Yes. I mean, I get that all the time where people don't even ask that question, but they just say, I can't do all of this stuff. I can't go. I don't have time for the gym. I don't have time to do X, Y, Z. Yeah, you do. You're just bad at scheduling. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think that's I think bad at scheduling and also like you have to work up to that point. Like I I, um, had a workshop on Friday and I had to get up at like 545 in the morning. I grabbed a 630 train, um, didn't see my kids because they were still sleeping. And then I got home from the train it was just a nine to five workshop and i got home from the train at like seven o'clock at night Mm -hmm. and i just saw my kids before they went to bed and i was like people do this every single day yeah and um i luckily enough like i remember having the talk with my wife when she quit her job too because my my wife works from home as well but she used to be a shoe designer uh and and i remember her being like like this sucks having to do it um and uh, thankfully we had the foresight to to try to build something for ourselves before we had kids and before we had a house and stuff like that. So we could take those risks um, because it was a lot easier. I'm not saying you can't do it now that you have kids, but uh, I'm glad that we did it because we, we saw ahead, like we want to sort of design our life in a way that we don't have to commute and we want to have time for, for hobbies and working out and, and all these good things. Right. Yeah. Um, 
So I, it's also, I think it takes years and years to, to work up to that point, but it's, it's well worth, well worth those risks and, and well worth putting a little bit of extra effort in uh, to get to that point. Yeah, I know. I remember having like an hour long commute both ways when I used to, I used to work in Detroit area. So I would drive from, uh, what was it? Uh, Dexter, which is an Ann Arbor area, Southeast Michigan. It'd be like an hour to get to Detroit or so every single day with traffic. And you, you would get home, you know, like six o'clock ish or something and you would just feel like totally spent and it would just yeah. be like, and and you know i guess at that point we didn't we didn't have a a baby so uh, it was a little bit easier for me to to eat dinner and then two hours later go to to practice or something but it wasn't certainly easy you definitely had to like force yourself to do it Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah it, it can be super tough i totally get that yeah all right um what is it mine is it my turn yeah all right i'll talk about what i got here Oh, my other I talked about my barbecue in the yard sales. That's in the summer. We go in yard sales all the time. Um, I've talked a lot about working out. Um, it, I wouldn't say that's necessarily a hobby because it still is hard for me. Yeah. Sometimes I really look forward to it. Um, but uh, more often than not, I'm uh, I have to really be like, I don't feel like going, but I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, today I'm, I'm feeling like that. It's my gym day and I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> I went this morning, thankfully, and I, I, I'm testing out this new thing where I I go from nine to ten, miss the first hour of work and uh, go to the thing and see if it gives me a bit more of a boosty boost in the morning. Mm-hmm. So far, it's working pretty good, but that might also be Turbo the coffee booster. I had on the way home. Yeah. Uh, what am I talking about? Um, Date night. My wife and I go on a date once a week. Uh, usually Thursday nights. Um, we're lucky enough to have uh, my wife's sister living with us. Um, in exchange for living with us, we she does a bunch of babysitting for us. That's um, nice. That's and really nice. uh, she's also <laughs> she also works for me as well as my assistant, uh, which is pretty cool. So if you uh, ever email me and get an email back from someone that's not me, it's likely her. Uh, but uh, a date night once a week. We we live in this like, kind of in this city called Hamilton, which is um, an old steel town, sort of the the Pittsburgh or the Buffalo of Ham of uh, Canada, and uh, it's it's crazy how much uh, how many new restaurants are opening up, how many like uh, nice new donut shops are opening up, like the stereotypical hipsters gentrifying the area, which it has its own problems as well because we have a, a big issue with affordable housing in our city now, but. Um, What's kind of cool is that we go out for date night once a week and we get to try all these different restaurants and uh, I absolutely love it. And it's it's kind of a nice time for my wife and I to chat about work and chat about what we're working on and chat about whatever's going on in our life. Because um, I, I kind of ever since we started doing it, it's just been so good for just our own sanity and, and, and your marriage and everything like that. And I've been like saying like the government should like mandate that you have date night <laughs> once a week because it's a mandate like night, a mandated, a no. mandate, mandated mandate night. night. Yeah. Mandate night. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, it's not really a hobby of ours, but I, I just thought I'd, I'd mention that that's a pretty big part of our life. And we always look forward to it on Thursday night where you're just about sick of the week. And then you get a, you get to go out and, uh, and then the next day is Friday and everything starts, starts looking up from there. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. I, I wish, uh, we had some better babysitting options here. That was the hard part about moving across the country from the rest yeah. of your family is that you instantly lose all of those, uh, those support networks here. So we're yeah. slowly building some of that back up. It's, and, uh, you know. There's like a couple startups in the area that are trying to solve this. People have money, 
but they don't have anyone to take care of their kids. You know, like lots of my friends are like, I would kill to have somebody that I could reliably have come over once or twice a month, even uh, to babysit my kids so we could go out on date night. And uh, there's some people trying to figure out, like, how do you do this, like, trust thing where you can just, like, have an Uber for babysitters, but also not just, like, have a random stranger yeah, come yeah. take care of your kid. I know. Yeah, it, it, that, that stuff is scary. It's like, uh, and we take Landon to daycare every day. It would be sick if that daycare was open until, you know, 10 o'clock in yeah. the evening. <laughs> Uh, just some nights it'll let him, let him hang out there while you go out to have a date night. So, uh, that, yeah, that's super awesome. I, I agree. That's super important. Um, yeah, totally jealous about that one. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Um, so no, that's all my, my, my sort of, Oh, home reno is another home, um, hobby of ours. Uh, we moved into a 140 year old house a couple of five years ago and we've slowly been renewing different areas we did our whole main floor did the whole get rid of all the walls because we yeah. want open concept uh and we're just about to start another round of rentals where we're um our whole house is plaster which sucks and yeah, uh, it just too. cracks and, and once we've done all these renos you shift the weight of the house around and that causes the house to move a centimeter or two uh. in, in either direction and then that cracks the plaster and then the, the ceiling starts cracking so uh, we're getting a whole bunch of drywall done, which is miserable, but uh, much needed. Wow. So, so are you, are you like, I, I know you've, you've referred to yourself as, you know, uh, the, was it Chip and Joanna? Like both of them <laughs> the together. Chip and Joanna, the Chip and Joanna of JavaScript. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are you coming in there with a sledgehammer? Like, no, like no, I'm coming in there with the checkbook. Yeah. And uh, I do. I'm, I would say I'm, I'm fairly handy and I'm, I'm able to, to look things up. We also have a, a rental property as well. Nice. So uh, when things break at the rental property, I generally try to get in there and fix it before I have to call someone uh to fix it which is good so like I, I feel like like also we had like this weird issue at a rental property where there was like a weird smell coming from the basement uh and i paid like a plumber like 350 bucks to come fix it and they didn't fix it like he just like he's like i'll snake it out but i can't guarantee that's the problem and i was like that there is why yeah. some people aren't successful because they're they don't want to be they don't have like a problem solving mentality. Whereas like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to figure this out. Like, I don't know anything about plumbing, but yeah. I can debug this smell pretty easily. So a couple hours of sniffing around the basement and trying different things and coming back a couple days later, like I figured out where this random smell was coming from. And it, it turned out it was like a random pipe that was no longer used and some rat climbed up it oh, or something like that. Geez. Or a mouse climbed into it uh, and probably died. I don't know what it was, but we fixed it. And uh, I, I was just like, okay, how how am I better at debugging this plumbing issue than an actual plumber? Yeah. Uh, so this is actually hilarious because uh, my dad would refer to this as doing, quote, a downtown job, uh, which is hilarious. We always, my brother and I, and now my wife, we always crack up about this downtown job thing. Because one time we were like, we got hired by our neighbor when we were in middle school to mow their lawn. And so we're like mowing their lawn and whatever. And my dad's like, don't forget to do a downtown job. Like, Wait, so what does a downtown job yeah, mean? Like like a <laughs> good job or yeah, it means it it means it it means like an an extra extra like maybe 10 oh. percent on the job or something yeah. so like oh if they hire you to mow their lawn don't just mow their lawn but weed whip and pull some weeds and and, yeah. and, and make it like truly like perfect shine on that thing uh 
but so I've always had this instilled to me. I have to do a downtown job on things, and and like, yeah, if it if it is like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm gonna debug that, like I'm gonna figure out, I'm not just gonna patch it up and call it a day or something yeah. like that, or or yeah, I I have the same exact mentality as that. It's like. I guess it is that just that debugging mentality. Yeah. Uh, it, it comes from deep-seated want to do a downtown job. <laughs> exactly. I always see developers in other aspects of their life. And it's it's funny how many barbecue guys are also developers in their real life because it is this like very simple thing. But it's also, uh, you can get very technical and there's a lot of like moving parts to it and you can get really into it. And I think that developers are... Uh, are well suited to that because they like to get into the nitty gritty and the whys and the hows of of it. Yeah, I think the problem solving aspects are just so uh, thoroughly embedded into uh, being a, a good or, or a programmer or any of that stuff. You you want like to that. solve these problems. A downtown job. I know, I'm going to use that in my tutorials. Like, let's not just leave this here and assume it's going to work. Let's write a couple error handlers and and do a downtown job at yeah. this. Yeah, so that the the Rock Talinsky special right there. Uh, <laughs> Is that he, your dad's name? Yeah, the his rock? name's Rock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's not short for anything. It's spelled R O C H, so a lot of people mispronounce it Roch or Roach or something. But no, it's Rock Rock Talitsky. He's a uh, he's probably be psyched to know that the downtown job is making it onto the podcast. Did you make a lot of like? Do you smell? <laughs> when when, we, uh, when you're a kid, did you make those jokes? Uh, we did not. I don't know why. Because no? we even we even watched the Rock and stuff like that, which is. I think it was just like so oddly normal to us that his name was Rock. Like it wasn't. <laughs> I, I have no idea. We. I got another funny story. We just got new pots and pans, um, and we got these new pots and pans called the Rock, and it's like this, like kind of like this new nonstick s- surface where it's like kind of beveled. It's really interesting, um, and they're awesome. And uh, they're called the Rock, and it says the Rock right on the pan. So I, I, uh, I taught my daughter to say, "Do you smell what the Rock <laughs> is cooking?" That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> That's super good. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you got any more uh, hobbies you like to talk about here? I do, but maybe we want to hear from uh, uh, one of the freshest hobbies. Oh, That's yeah. not breakdancing. Uh, managing your your uh, your books. <laughs> That's yes. a fresh hobby of mine. Managing your books is very very important. So uh, you're running a business. Um, I always talk about when you have a business. There's two things: you can work on your business and you can work in your business. And there's stuff where like you're learning a new skill. You are creating a new course or you are doing some marketing. That's that's important business to me. But then there's all this whole other subset of it, which is uh, unimportant business working in your business, which is just like doing the books and doing email and doing this busy work that has no uh, end like result and working on it. And, and to me, that is that is accounting and I hate doing it. And that's why I've, I've been using for fresh books for maybe about eight years now. Um, and I love it because it just makes my uh, makes my time spent tracking invoices, tracking expenses, tracking um, profit and loss and doing my taxes at the end of the year. It's just very minimal and it doesn't get in my way. So I just jump in. Um, I'm able to see who's paid the invoice, who's seen the invoice, like right before this show, we were supposed to have another sponsor, but they haven't paid us yet. So I just jumped into, uh, fresh books, check that saw. I'm like, Hey, I can see that you saw the invoice. Clearly they clicked the link, but they did not yet pay it. And in your, you can pay it via credit card. So like, what's going on here? How can you haven't paid it yet? So I was able to, uh, I can, I did a comment right on the invoice and it shows up as, uh, 
as a history on that. So that's why I love FreshBooks and I definitely recommend that you sign up. Go to freshbooks.com forward slash syntax and use syntax into the how did you hear about a section because that will keep Scott and I creating these hilarious syntax episodes. Yes, hilarious. Um, Yeah, so uh, another hobby of mine, this is that we can get through this one quickly, Uh, but I love uh, kung fu movies. Um, uh, I like all kung fu movies, but of particular, uh, this studio, the Shaw Brothers, which existed from like 1960-something to like 1980-something, that... Basically, the Shaw Brothers was like the precursor um, to Golden Harvest, which is where Bruce Lee and uh, Jackie Chan both found their initial fame and stuff like that. Um, so uh, I, I love these movies. They're awesome for a variety of reasons. They're they're the, the studio in like, a I don't know, like a 30 year or so span produced like 700 films. So they were just cranking out films. And uh, because of that, they ended up having this like uh, a lot of experimentation, a lot of like really interesting sort of uh, non-conventional plots or, or filming and stuff like that. And these movies can get really artistic in a re- sort of different sort of way. Um and oddly enough, they're they're just totally odd. Some of them are just totally odd by American film standards. So like, you could watch this whole movie that just huge struggle, and uh, the main character like at the very end of the movie like finally is going to prevail, but then he doesn't, and then he kills himself, and that's the end of the movie. Like, there's no follow up. There's no like uh, epilogue or something like yeah. that. That's just the end of the movie. So like, you you can't really predict what's going to happen in any of these movies. They're just totally off the wall sometimes, and. Uh, I really like these movies because so many of them follow these themes of like self progression, um, which is is like a huge deal. Like, and some of the plots are just like way over the top. Like where this guy, uh, well, a bunch of people were in like a Shaolin monastery and they're trying to become more powerful or whatever. So they put like you know, five pound ankle weights and say, Hey, jump out of this pit. And then, okay, he jumps out of the pit. Now here's 10 pound ankle weights. Try to jump out of this pit. He jumps like a thousand times until he finally gets out. Okay. Now here's like 20 pound ankle weights or whatever. And it keeps going until he's got like a thousand pounds on his ankles. And then the, the Shaolin monks like, okay, now take off all your ankle weights. And he just jumps over a building. <laughs> it's like, ah. it's like totally outrageous. But like, uh, this idea <laughs> of like self progression, that if you work really hard on these like areas of yourself, you can, you can grow them to sort of un- unworldly proportions. Huh. Uh, so uh, I, I've always loved it. And the, the fact that those themes are so prevalent in so many of these movies to like an outrageous point uh, is one of the reasons I've always been been geared to this. I wanted to give uh, my top five, well, in no particular order, but top five favorite Shaw Brothers movies. Uh, okay. With a tiny little description, I'll be quick about this uh, for anyone who doesn't care about these movies. But <laughs> if, if you have any bit of interest, some of these are going to be really good. Uh, I, I really love some of these movies. So, okay. Uh, one of the classics is the 36th Chamber of Shaolin, which is, uh, you know, inspired a Wu-Tang album. And uh, the 36th Chamber is all sort of about this guy who gets into the, the Shaolin Monastery and he uh, sort of goes through and works harder than everyone else and eventually uh, invents his own chamber of this Shaolin monastery at the same time he has to fight uh this this sort of oppressive force that's coming in uh so 36 chambers really excellent my uh favorite film is the five deadly venoms which is a classic absolute classic um it's uh, basically a, a mystery about um uh it's, it's yeah there, there's these five 
five kung fu artists that all have different specialties. They're all based off. There's like the toad and the the scorpion who has these like devastating leg kicks, or the the gecko who can like run up walls and stuff like that. It's these like five deadly venoms. Uh, it's inspired a ton of modern film in all sorts of different ways, uh, even like a modern American film. So the five deadly venoms, uh, awesome, awesome mystery film. Five Fingers of Death is a great uh, sort of. It, it very in, it's, if you've seen Kill Bill you know like that siren right before she goes off and starts killing people it's like that like comes from that movie there's like a lot of uh, really like famous things Five Fingers of Death was like one of the very first uh, Chinese kung fu movies that found fame over in the US it was like a precursor to, to Bruce Lee and all that stuff being prop- popular in the US uh, The Secret Service of the Imperial Court is sort of an odd film it's not on most people's list it's a really large it's a large movie very uh, epic um and then the last one on my oh no boxer from shantung here uh is also inspired or uh kill bill like aspects of kill bill were inspired pretty heavily from boxer of shantung it has a super awesome violent ending a lot of these films are exceedingly violent i'm going to say that right now like a lot (laughs) of like fake blood like arms cut off and stuff like that uh and then the last one is uh, Human Lanterns, which is uh, also an exceedingly violent film, but insanely artistic. Every single shot in this thing is just uh, sort of mind-blowingly beautiful, even though it's like a horror film. So it, it's certainly a bit gory and a bit like disturbing. But the, the film itself is just an absolute masterwork of uh, just sort of unconventional like beauty shots. You'll never see another film like this composed or whatever. Uh, it's pretty sweet. Cool. I've never seen a Kung Fu uh, movie in my life. I'm not super into movies at all. It's uh, part of my like claim to fame with people is that I've never seen any of the like foundational movies in life. Like I've never seen Star Wars or Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings or any of these movies that people like, oh, they always make like jokes. They're like, use the force. And I was like, I don't get it. (laughs) But uh, maybe I'll have to check out one of these Kung Fu ones. They're they're, they're interesting. I I think the um, Five Deadly Venoms is probably the best film. And 36 Chamber is probably the most famous. Um, They're they're, they're good. I don't know. I really like them. They're just sort of, they're bizarre uh, in a sort of a a great way. Uh, Yeah. So that's my my Kung Fu movie fandom. (laughs) (laughs) uh, If you ever see these... um, uh, my office. I have like kung fu movie posters all yeah, over you got my posters office. Everywhere. Yeah, and these are like ones that were actually hung in uh, like Chinese theaters in the seventies when these films came out. So <laughs> I've been doing a bit of collecting there, but that's pretty neat. Yeah. Cool. All right, let's switch gears then to just some other stuff about us. Um, real quick, one. What kind of car do you drive, Scott? Do you have a Ford Focus ST, which is like their uh, souped up version? It's a little fast and furious. It's got a 250 horsepower engine and stuff like that. It's a only comes in a manual. So uh, I, I, I got this car because uh, my grandpa worked at Ford his whole life. So we got like the A plan. And um, basically, it was a, uh, I could get a really awesome price on a really sweet car. Uh, knowing what I know. Uh, now about how many Fords I've owned, I'm probably not going to buy another Ford, but I've, <laughs> I've liked this car. It, I've had it, I've had it since 2013, and it it is it has served me well. Before that, I had a Ford Fiesta, which was like a lemon, so I had to like give the whole car back after like 
Oh, <laughs> like through the Lemon Law? Through the Lemon Law, yeah. So oh, I had a, that's I had always a, interesting. I had a Ford Fiesta, and like I had it for about one week. It started leaking oil. So <gasps> I, ta- I take it into the uh, dealership, and I'm like, hey, it's leaking oil. And, and keep in mind, this is one of the first Ford Fiestas off the line at this point. This was right after they brought it back. So like the press for this would not have been good if like they oh. were having problems. Yeah. But but instead of doing anything about it, Ford actually made it much worse. So their their technicians like like actually like wrecked the interior of the car. There was like oil stains on the carpet. They like scratched part of the car. Like these texts like, absolutely did a, a number on the car. And Ooh. so I get the car back and it's like trashed kind of. Like usually when you get it back from the dealership, it's like nice. But the car was like kind of trashed. Yeah. And uh, it started leaking oil again in like two days. Oh, and, man. Like, so I take it back in there. I took photos of this all. I documented it all. And uh, Ford was like not doing a whole lot for me. They were like not sympathetic. They were like, yeah, we're going to replace your engine. Uh, now I'm like, the car is like one week old. <laughs> like it's give me a new car, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I ended up just, I, 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 you know, I went off on Twitter a little bit. Yeah, started tweeting and I got in contact with the line director for North America. Wow. They were basically just like, yeah, this is not good. Like, so uh, we're going to fix this. So they eventually, to their credit, they got me a new car. The car worked fine. Uh, That dealership, I never went back to that dealership. I actually got banned from that dealership for leaving a one star (laughs) review on their Facebook page. I actually went to go back for like a simple oil change and they were just like, you're not allowed here. Really? Yeah, seriously. I was I was so mad. I was just like because I gave you they were like because of comments you left on social media. I was like That's not allowed. I gave you a a truthful like uh, description of what happened uh, in a one star review and that 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 didn't like it. Shady. Yeah, I got shut off. Crazy. Twitter hating. Well, I drive a uh, a Subaru Forester, which is a like a We have have a Forester too. This Oh do you really? Oh, right on. I love it. What love year do you it. have? Uh, the latest, 2016 or 17. Oh, okay. We're so releasing the, it, but it's the, a beautiful the new, car. They just released the new, uh, the new like kind of, bo- it looks a little different. Yeah. Um, we have a 2010, so it's, it's starting to get on in, in its years. We had uh, this summer, we were down south in, uh, as we do. Yeah, as we do. Um, and we had the head gasket blow, which sucked. So we had to have the whole thing towed. Thank goodness I had. Uh, we have CAA, which is like AAA and AAA in in the states. The C is for Canada. Yeah, uh, of course. <laughs> and uh, luckily that translates in the states as well. And they had a drive. They they put the the car on a flatbed. This is the the downside of four wheel drive is that you can't just tow it with any tow truck. You got to put it on a flatbed oh. and uh, or put some wheel dollies underneath the wheels. So they towed it two and a half hours to Asheville, North Carolina, and. It was so expensive to fix it, but uh, whatever. It's uh, every other than that, it's been pretty pretty solid car. Um, starting to get up in the kilometers. We're thinking about the next year or two w- what our next move will be. Mm-hmm. Um, we also we've, so we've got two kids, and uh, the car seats are massive. And uh, I don't know in the states, but in Canada, they make you rear face the car seats. Yeah, they don't make you, but they suggest you rear face them until they're like 14 years old or yeah, something like that. Here. Yeah. Uh, so the, when they're rear facing, like you're like pretty much kissing the dashboard on an SUV, Mm. which is silly. Uh, so we, uh, we're looking at something that has like three rows, um, just so that we can have a little bit more room for all our gear and, uh, and the kids and friends or whatever. So we're looking at what, like three, we don't want a van. Like we're those people where 
Yeah. We live downtown and we're kind of cool. We wear cool <laughs> jeans and it just can't. You, yeah, you can't cool cool jeans in a van it's you just, can't no yeah. like i like i might as well start wearing kirkland jeans uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, i understand every all of my friends that have vans are like dude get a van it's the best like i understand the functionality of it but like i just can't can't bring myself to it two yeah. cool jeans uh, so we're looking at i i really really want an electric car but for the size that we want there's just not not much there like the yeah. biggest one that the biggest electric car that they have right now is the model x which is like one hundred fifty thousand dollars canadian it's, so yeah it is no. expensive and also it's it's not even that big in the in the with the third row um uh bmw has a a hybrid x5 but um so they uh it's kind of like the the prius right so you can like drive in town on the electric motor and then if you need to recharge or you run out of whatever you can flip over to the electric one but the the one that the 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 hybrid doesn't have a third row so you can't get that (laughs) no so we're thinking like the next car we buy will likely be the last gas car we ever buy which is pretty exciting yeah i know i that that is like a I told myself I don't think I would buy another car unless it is like an electric car. But at this point, yeah, I think the options are still growing, right? You know, obviously you'd love to have a, a Tesla, but the, the cost is just so expensive. They're beautiful. Yeah. I, I would love to be able to afford a Tesla, but uh, not yet. Not yet. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty soon, though. I'm I'm super excited, especially with uh, GM and all these companies coming out with electric versions. Apparently, like there's going to be a electric Jeep Wrangler in 2020, mm. which is pretty sweet. Uh, so. I'm pretty excited about the future of electric cars, I'm, and uh, I'm just not ready to to pull the trigger on something like that just yet. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, well, uh, in Colorado, you kind of need a electric Subaru out here. That would probably like it would probably blow the like. I think everyone that if there was a electric Subaru released, I think everyone would just go home early from work to go buy an electric Subaru. There, like Subaru is putting out a putting out a f- a three row. They just announced this new Subaru mm-hmm. that has three rows. And uh, it's being built in the USA, and they they haven't said whether they're going to have an electric version or not, but that would be pretty sweet as well. But we, I also don't buy brand new cars, though, because that's, uh, I don't know, we, we just, uh, I've only ever bought one car in my life, and we just paid Crazy. cash for it at the time. So I've, I don't I've know. I bought a, a shockingly amount of cars. Right. <laughs> like I bought that Fiesta, and then like, that was a new car, and then like two years later, I bought the Focus. Uh, but it was, you know, I had the the Ford A plan and stuff like that. Oh yeah, um, but yeah. And before that, I had a Acura Integra, too fast, too furious. Bought oh, that uh, when I was in high school, and then after that, I had a, a Lexus IS three hundred that I had for like one year and then sold it because I, that car was actually kind of a sick investment because they were kind of rare. So I yeah. bought this this IS three hundred. It was a manual and uh, it could not hang in the winter. It was rear rear wheel drive, totally sucked. Oh yeah. And then I ended up selling it for more than I bought it like a year and a half later because they were like the model I had in particular was kind of rare, and so I drove it for a whole year essentially for free because when i sold it i made all that money back oh man so, yeah it was, a, it was kind of a sick deal for me but um i got lucky on that one okay so what uh okay what what youtube channels do you watch yeah. this is um, an interesting question i watch a lot of youtube just because it's i find it really interesting to see what other people are working on and um all over the place like uh i've been watching this one guy restore old kawasaki motorcycles called genie's garage i'll link to it um, and he's just got a really great personality and explains how small engines work. 
Um, like I, I don't really care, right? Like I, I can bring it to <laughs> bring my lawnmower to somebody if it needs to be fixed. But I just find it interesting to to dive into different topics that are totally unrelated to to things that I work on. So that one's pretty good. Um, I watch uh, Bon Appetit has this series called It's Alive with Brad, and uh, he just goes through different types of fermentation. Um, which I love because like I, I've done fermented honey and kombucha and all these different uh, sauerkraut, kimchi. I just love the whole like gut bacteria and delicious yeah. fermented foods. So, and he is a howl, like absolutely hilarious. Um, what other ones do I have here? This one called BigClive.com, where he buys this like shady electronics off of eBay and like cracks them open and, um, and sees it sees if they're safely made or not so he'll buy like a he'll buy like a 40 dollar led floodlight off ebay and then crack it open and be like there's no ground and then he's he's british so he calls it um he calls it earth which yeah. is like you know how you like have like the third prong in the u.s and canada is, oh, is the ground. It's a ground yeah yeah, yeah. and in uh, in the uk they call it the earth i had no idea about that <laughs> oh it's so charming uh, what other <laughs> how it's made is on youtube remember how it's made yeah dun, 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 dun. the best part about how it's made is they always start off with a pun like if they're building light bulbs they're like someone had a great idea or something oh, like that yeah that, yeah um do you listen there's there's a lot of podcasts from from how from, it's made yeah oh no i i have to i'll right? have to am i am i i might be tripping i might have made that up <laughs> Like, uh, stuff you missed in history class. Is that how... No, that might actually be something else. There, uh, I, I might be thinking of something else entirely. Oh, yeah. I got From a couple how more stuff, here. How Stuff Works is what that oh, is. How Stuff not, Works. Not How It's Made. Yeah. How <laughs> Stuff Works was... I love that that website when I was a kid. How Stuff Works. Yeah. It was they're, so neat. They're killing it in the podcast sector. I'll have to check it out. Um, I also watch uh, Alex French guy cooking. He's just got this. He's kind of got the Casey Neistat vibe of his vlogs, uh, but for cooking mm. and oh, I absolutely love it. His stuff is really, really good. Casey Neistat. And then my favorite by far is uh, Matthias or Matthias Wandel. So he has two ones. He's got one just his own where he's just putzing around his house, fixing stuff. Um, and he's a, he used to work for uh, rim here in, in Canada, which is, they made the Blackberry. Um, and he was like an engineer for them. And he's just genius. And all of the stuff he does is woodworking. Um, uh, but he just solves all these problems around his house with pieces of plywood. And it's just so interesting. And he has another one called wood gears. Um, uh, and he makes all oh, these gears and I've seen these. Yeah. yeah I see. So these. he's just uh, anything he does, I'll watch it, whether it's replacing a door at his house or uh, making an extension for a table or he makes these like um, he, he's like really obsessed with how mice learn right now. So he's making these mazes for the mice and the shrews at his farm. And he just like does like a time lapse of a mouse trying to move through a mouse. And it's interesting how the mouse learns how to do the maze after like two minutes or so. And uh, he just has like such an engineer brain. But applies of, it to his life. Yeah, some of his stuff is amazing, like the Panto router stuff, where he's yeah. like developing these machines to to make some of his woodworking like easier or whatever. But he, he's like creating these just really complex machines. Yeah, I I, I have like no interest in this stuff at all, and no. I could sit and watch these for hours just because yeah. they're just so incredibly cool. Totally. Yeah, definitely know him. And my my other part is that he he uses drywall screws for everything, which apparently is a huge no no in the woodworking world. 
uh, you're supposed to use different kinds of screws. And he's like, I like drywall screws. They work well for me. And I was like, thank you. Like, cause sometimes in web development, we get like that as well. And yeah. I was like, this guy is just living his life and doing good, good stuff. So those are my YouTube channels. I watch a lot of YouTube. I really like it. Um, and those, yeah. those are some, some of my favorites. I know. I watch a lot of YouTube, too, for being like a, well, uh, you know, I've been to VidCon. I've done the the YouTuber thing. And I'm not like trying, I, I'm not trying to be a YouTuber. You know, I just want to put out good content on YouTube, you know, because yeah. sometimes that YouTube-y stuff is a little, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not super into the vlog, vloggy sort of, sort of stuff. But um, yeah. I watch a lot of YouTube myself. Um, for a long time, I watched the Bro Science Life, which is the Don Marzetti. He's doing like skits where he's playing this character of like this gym bro. Um, oddly enough, the guy himself is actually kind of a gym bro, but he's like very <laughs> self-aware. Uh, the yeah. whole thing is hilarious. I, I like he was one of those videos for a long time where every time he would come up come out with a new one i'd have to watch it immediately uh just because wow. they're hilarious uh he's super super funny guy you you have a hard time understanding if he's acting at some points but he's definitely acting because like his normal personality is like pretty chill guy yeah um there's a youtube channel called stance which has all of the largest b-boy battles on it and they have like the major competitions and stuff like that they'll do like highlights like the best sets from these competitions and stuff like that so stance has a really high production value for uh, breakdancing on youtube uh, just really awesome stuff uh i listen to the the needle drop which is anthony fantano's music reviews uh he's uh really i, I you know i i grew up um being a huge fan of music reviews overall like yeah. we would get spin and rolling stone and all these magazines and they would all come and then we would just go to the reviews immediately and read these music reviews um and, and that's just something that i grew up with so like having a, a music reviewer on youtube i feel like is really fair most of the time i totally agree with him uh so yeah i really like his channel he does he does his thing very very well and there's like enough little artistic elements in his uh channel that i find it to just be excellent um Next is Red Letter Media. These guys got famous for their outrageously long reviews of the Star Wars prequels, uh, <laughs> which are like way better than the actual Star Wars prequels. Like, so the the first Red Letter Media video I saw was like maybe it was like, it, I feel like it was like two or three hours of just him talking about the first Star Wars prequel, and uh, it's it's done in like this really like. I don't know. He's playing a character. Mike, who's like the main guy in the channel, is like playing this this weird character he calls Mr. Plinkett, who's like a... Uh, he's so supposed to be like a creepy guy who lives in his house. I don't understand the, <laughs> the character, but like the, the critique of the film is so dead on that he's just like diving into... Uh, like, you know, people say that they, they don't like prequels or whatever. Uh, I'm not a huge Star Wars person either way. I mean, I like the movies, but I'm not crazy about it. I'm not like a, a crazy Star Wars fan or something like that. But this this review is just so thorough and more about, like, the filmmaking techniques and the story techniques used in the film and why they they fail spectacularly and the problems with it. And, like, uh, he goes down by, like, technique by technique by technique why they, like are a complete failure in all sorts of ways. And the, the, the reviews are just so darn excellent. I've like rewatched a two hour long <laughs> review on a movie. I don't care about that much. That's how good they are. That's awesome. <laughs> so that's how they like got famous originally was through these reviews. And then, uh, they've since done the same thing with several other, uh, major movies and stuff like that. But they, they have since expanded the channel to have several more people doing these things. And they do like, 
uh, half in the bag reviews will they review just new movies that that come out and stuff like that they'll do like best of the worst where they're watching a bunch of really terrible movies and then have to vote on which one is the best they'll they, they've started this new thing which is like a fictional podcast that's uh making fun of uh fanboy podcast it's like it's it's so weird because it's there's a ton of effort put into it, but the whole thing is a farce. They're they're doing this podcast as if it was like a real Star Wars fanboy podcast, and they're all sitting there, and they have like all of their their Star Wars toys all around the desk. They're all wearing Star Wars gear, and like the whole they they do the whole thing in character, but the character is so deadpan. It's hard to explain. It's like a farce within a farce within a farce. The whole thing is like absolutely ridiculous. And I I just find their sense of humor to be totally dead on. So I really love (laughs) Red Letter Media, one of my favorite channels. Man, I haven't heard of any of these uh, YouTube channels. Yeah, I mean, if you're not into movies, I'm not. I'm, I'm not like crazy into movies, but I took a lot of film in college. So I have like, yeah, like understanding of like that sort of stuff. Man, this broSciencelife.com is janky. Oh, you they have a website. A, yeah, you should do a like a YouTube video about explaining why the animations are so jittery. Oh man, I did not know he had a website. Maybe <sighs> it's just. I think it's because he's got a massive animated GIF looping. <laughs> at yeah, the this, top. This, yeah, definitely, definitely a little jank. Uh, speaking of which, we're going to be doing an episode on performance stuff anyways yeah. and how to get rid of jank. So uh, uh, nobody likes that. Nobody likes a janky website. Janky. I'm glad that word has, hopefully it's not offensive. I said a word. Is it? A couple. Of, I don't think it is. I've, I've been saying it for, for years, but uh, something else I was saying on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, I had uh, unknown to me was was actually offensive. So apologies if you know what that was. Yeah, that's um, the hard part. If you say something you don't know, it's it's yeah. like offensive to people. And then like, you just I don't like an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think janky is. Uh, I don't think janky is offensive. It but, just sounds uh, like it. It sounds like it could be. <laughs> yeah, it it does. It definitely sounds like you could offend some sort of person there. All right. Um. So we did the YouTube videos. Um. Let's wrap it up with our last question, which is. Um, what are you working on mentally, personally right now? I think this is kind of an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I personally, I, I like develop this. Uh, I have this app. I think it's called Habits. Habits app. I'll link to it or something. Um, and basically, you put in your, your habits that you would like to keep. And then you'd say, like, what frequency you'd like to do them. I'd like to do this five times a week or whatever. Uh-huh. You can set up reminders and stuff like that. So I have several habits. And it'll track them on your graph. I originally uh, started using this app because I wanted to um, be better about flossing, which is ridiculous. But I was never good. At, like, I was never good about sticking to flossing. And I always felt bad about it. Like, I just don't you like should. it. I still don't like it. Right. No, but I, I understand why it's so important. So I was just like, you know what? Uh, <laughs> screw this. I'm actually going to to I'm, I'm an adult. I'm going to to make an effort to floss all the time, like uh, like a daily whatever. And uh, I use this app to track my flossing, which is so stupid. <laughs> but it, I have not missed a single day. I have not missed a single day since I started this app. And uh, which is ridiculous. But uh, so I use this app to track everything now. So I, I've been trying to stick really hard on it. So like, you know, I have to work out X amount of days a week. I have to, one of the things I have on there now is a daily to-do list, if I, uh, which I've been failing spectacularly on. When I make a daily to-do list, I'm always more productive, right? Always. Yeah. So like, uh, I am not 
doing my daily to-do list in the past like two weeks. I haven't gotten a check mark on that one and it's stressing me out <laughs> a little bit. And I think that, yeah, so things like that. So uh, um, I, I'm trying to do a daily to-do list. I'm trying to do like a daily question where I write down a daily question, something that I want to solve. That way I can make sure I'm answering or learning something every single day, even if it's small, like just something that pops up while I'm, I'm coding. Why do I need to do this in Apollo with GraphQL? I don't know. I'll take some time to research it, maybe like 15 minutes or something. Daily yeah. question. Uh, I'm trying like to kill, kill my inbox a little bit, get that uh, totally, you know, we talked about inbox zero or whatever, but I'm trying to get it just, um, just totally under control all the time. So I'm fully aware of everything in there. I'm trying to do handstands every day, which I'm not doing. Uh, I'm, I'm doing them like every other day, but I'm, I'm needing to do them every day. I'm trying to stretch my quads every day because <laughs> I, oh, I need to do that. really tight quads. Uh, it's like causing me a lot of problems and uh, athletic things. So I also have like a, a morning face washing and evening face washing routine that I need to do. <laughs> I have like all these habits that I'm tracking. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, that, that's pretty <laughs> much it, man. It's, it's all about for me. It's like trying to get this, these routines in order because like everything else is so chaotic right now, like life wise. So it's like, uh, get this stuff that you don't have to think about, um, get it tracking, get your reminders in and yeah. uh, get it done. So yeah, that's totally for me. Agree. just trying to establish better routines. That's cool. That habits app. I'm gonna have to check out that habits app. That seems pretty neat. Yeah, it's beautiful too. Really nice design. Awesome. So for me, um, just trying to. I, I talked about this earlier. Is finding that sweet spot between working really hard and avoiding that that burnout stage. Trying to figure out where that because I feel like I've I've got into a nice groove with my business and. Uh, how things are going and whatnot. And then um, I think now it's time for me to to maybe turn towards just like other things like obviously exercise and uh, and whatnot. And I, I've been also finding myself um, when I'm at the gym, not all that interested in some of the business podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that maybe that's a bit of a sign that um, like I listened to the music, music at the gym the other day. And I was like, oh, this is so nice. I forgot about how much I just love, enjoy listening to music or, uh, or even with podcasts, listening to stuff that is just not technical, technical or not business related. Um, so that's kind of trying to focus on, uh, getting into that sweet spot, uh, both in business as well as sort of the, the rest of my life. So I know it's kind of hand wavy, but um, I don't know. I'm tr- trying to quantify exactly what that is right now. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. I definitely, definitely get that. Uh, yeah, and it, it, I, I've, I've, there's like, I can count like so many podcasts that at the time I subscribed to them, I was like, yeah, I'm so into this. And I'd listen to a hundred episodes and then be like, oh, okay, I've gotten everything out of this, you know, that I could get out of this. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that's part of continuous self-improvement. Once you've feel like you've got a pretty good handle on something uh then you you look otherwhere in your other other places in your life and figure out okay how can i what can i tackle next what can i get better at next and then Mm -hmm. you get those systems and things in place and then ideally you you just get better and better at all these different pieces and then you learn how to smoke meat and then you move off of that and then you learn i don't know maybe i'll try to do a handstand next that'll be my the thing that i tackle yeah Uh, but i think that's that's super important i think it it makes me a better developer focusing on perfecting other areas of my life i think what you're saying is that uh you first you do a downtown job and (laughs) then you just let everything else uh grow from there yeah, I think that's, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Cool. So, uh, uh, cool. That's pretty good. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Um, 
I don't know. We're we're running pretty long now. Do you want to uh, hold off on some some sick picks until next time, or what do you think? I, I have a, a quick quick sick pick. A quick pick. Okay, give yeah, me your quick. Pick. A quick sick pick <laughs> is a new podcast that just came out. Uh, for those of you who like history, uh, for those of you who specifically who like hardcore history, which is an excellent podcast in itself, where they do like these long ass like five hour long posts, like or, hardcore bands. Yes, like hardcore bands. They're, that's oh, I the, love hardcore. It's a history of hardcore bands. Um, In 2000, The Chariot became a band. There's a whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, this is awesome. Uh, but this is Dan Carlin. He's the, the host of Hardcore History. Uh, and uh, he, <laughs> George Carlin, nice. Dan Carlin? Did I say Dan George Carlin? Car- no, I said I, Dan. I said George Carlin. I, I, I would do that. Okay. Uh, and basically, these are like more frequently episodes because the hardcore history ones like take me gets like two episodes done a year he's sick of that so he released new new podcast called called hardcore history addendum which are going to be more frequent shorter episodes and uh hardcore history is like the single greatest podcast so i'm so excited to have this uh new podcast from dan carlin here awesome all right i'm gonna pick something as well um so i had a workshop a react workshop on friday and one of my students was Tracy Osborne, and um, she actually just moved to Toronto. And she is a mostly, I guess, she's a, mostly like a Python developer and a web designer. Um, she's pretty neat, actually. She also a business owner. If you listen to the Indie Hackers podcast, she has one on there. Um, and she just put out this book called Hello Web Design, and um, it's it's awesome. It's, I'm going to show Scott right now. It's like a nice. It's a small enough book that you can get through and not feel overwhelmed. Um, and it's, it says it's design fundamentals and shortcuts for non-designers, which I love because people always ask me, like, how do I get better at design? And um, this is actually like concrete things that you can do. It goes through things like grid and color, typography, white space, content, user experience, uh, using images, planning, prototyping, uh, coding your design. It, it kind of just goes through all the stuff as a, as a non-designer. If you're in, in the book is beautiful. It's, it's done in full color. Um, it's a nice small size. You can just throw it in your bag, read a couple pages on the subway or whatever. So pretty, pretty neat. I'm pretty excited to, I, I haven't obviously haven't read the whole thing yet, but from, from flip, flipping through it, reading a couple pages and, uh, and chatting with her, um, I, I feel confident enough to <laughs> recommend it nice. as well. And I also tweeted it out a bunch of people were like, Oh, I love that. I love her book. So I uh, definitely recommend you check this out if you want to get better at design. Nice. Awesome. Cool. Any shameless Sick. plugs? Sick. Yeah, no, just a level up pro. New content every month. Uh, subscribe. Leveluptutorials.com forward slash pro. Sweet. Um, yeah, my courses. You know about them. Westboss.com forward slash courses. Pick one up. Take a free one. Whatever it is that you like. Uh, I'll have a bunch more stuff coming out in the in the coming weeks. Nice. Cool. So I, hopefully you enjoyed that. If I would love to hear what you thought about this episode. If you like the, it's kind of a different not coding show. Um, I think that people are, are sort of interested in, I always like hearing kind of the lives behind the actual people. So if you like that, make sure you tweet at Scott and I am at West boss. Scott is at S Tolinsky S Tolinsky. Um, which is the easiest we- name to remember. <laughs> there you go. You'll find him. Um, other than that, we will uh, we'll check you next week. Check you later. Peace. Peace. Head on over to syntax.fm for a full archive of all our shows. Don't forget to subscribe in your podcast player and drop a review if you like this show. 